Hi, I'm Lisa London on School of Hollywood. Welcome to the School of Hollywood. Hey, I'm Steve Owens, and today's lesson is fear in auditions. Lisa's going to be discussing that along with topics from self-tapes, giving one of America's biggest sweethearts her first break and steps to becoming a casting assistant. But before we get started, I want to thank each and every single one of you for listening to the School of Hollywood podcast, and especially those who have subscribed. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so, so you're alerted when we have a new update for you. So let's get on with today's lesson on the School of Hollywood. Hi, I'm Steve Owens. With me today is Lisa London, who has cast so many TV comedy shows, along with feature films. Lisa and her partner, Catherine Stroud, and I had the opportunity to work together a couple summers ago on a feature called Centurion. And you put together an amazing cast. Remember some of the names? Um, Billy Zane was in it, and it had also Amber Midthunder, who was from the series Legion, and then Adam Ergoyan, who was um, on the series Shake It Up on Disney Channel, and then Aramis Knight was in it, and uh, also it had Sal Lopez and Patricia DeLeon. It was a really fun cast for an amazing uh, director, Dana Gonzalez, so... It was a really fun project to cast. Absolutely. Lisa, how did you get started in casting? Um, interesting. So I grew up in Los Angeles, and my dad is Jerry London, who's a television director, a very iconic one. And he directed lots of amazing shows in the 70s, 80s, and 90s from Brady Bunch and Partridge Family and Six Million Dollar Man and Kojak and Rockford Files. And then he became the king of miniseries, which are now limited series. So my dad did things like Shogun and Chiefs, and he worked with all these Academy Awards winning actors. And so I grew up on sets and I spent a lot of time hanging out on the sets when I was younger. And I always loved talking to actors and I had no idea I was going to become a casting director at that time, but I just was always interested in how actors became successful and what made them want to act. And so I would chat with them and when I was in the summer of my, uh, during college, I would work as a production assistant on projects that my dad was working on and directing and producing. And when I graduated, um, he did a pilot for Aaron Spelling's company called Hotel with James Brolin and Connie Selica. And he and the iconic Betty Davis was in it for the first um, for the pilot. And what happened is my dad let me sit in on the casting sessions. And those casting directors at the time were Lynn Stallmaster and Tony Howard, who Tony's now an agent, but she used to be a casting director. And they would ask me, what do I think? And I said, oh, I really like him. He's funny. Those two would work good together. No, that wouldn't work. That chemistry doesn't know. That's not going to happen. You know, and I had a lot of opinions. And three months later, they offered me a job as a casting assistant. And that's my iconic, my story of how I got, uh, became a casting, started as a casting assistant and then became a casting director. So, and I didn't know, you know, Steve, I didn't know that was my, going to be my path necessarily. But then after it happened, I realized, oh, that was correct for me because, you know, everybody has a journey. And so when, um, 
when you get on, you find out, yes, because I love actors and I love to help actors. So that was a, that was the perfect job for me. I love it when a casting director gives actors their first big break. And you gave one of my favorite actresses her first break in a movie called Leprechaun. Oh, yes, I did. <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. But the thing is, you know what's so funny? That was her first film, Leprechaun, right? Um, and then she had done a television series, um, but Leprechaun was her first movie. And then we cast her also in a sketch comedy show for Fox TV called The Edge. And it was before Mad TV. And it was this amazingly fun cast because it was Jennifer and it was Julie Brown. And it was Tom Kenny, who's now the voice of SpongeBob. And it was Wayne Knight from Seinfeld. It was such a great, fun group of people. So yes, I've cast her twice very early in her career before Friends. What made Jennifer stand out above everybody else? Because I know you who probably got about a thousand submissions. And how did you convince the producers to hire her? Um, You know, the thing about her when she came in to read is she's not only talented, but she's got a great personality and she's was, she still is. She's beautiful. And she, that was the thing, you know, she's just super talented, had an amazing, had just a really good personality. And, you know, it wasn't, didn't take too much convincing to the director, the writer, director for Leprechaun. It didn't, he, we were like, yeah, Jennifer, she's the one. So that was good. (laughs) Sometimes sometimes it takes a lot of convincing and this one it didn't. Showrunners look out for you and Catherine for casting for kids in Hollywood. What's the big difference between casting for adults and casting for kids? You know, I would say the biggest uh, difference is, you know, we're always looking for actors to be their authentic, true selves, right? And whether it's comedy or drama, we still want you to be authentic. And I think for kids, casting kids, the thing is finding people who are not, you know, they're just real and natural, but they have a talent and they know how to make things funny. But the thing about kids is it's about the personality of the kids. It is also about that for the adults too. But, you know, for kids, we want to see, are they, um, like directable? Do they take direction? Have they been coached by their parents, like overcoach, and then they cannot take direction at all, which happens. You know, I always advise parents, don't coach your kids because somehow when they come in a room, when you give them direction, they can't get out of it. You know, whether they feel like they're disappointing the parents or that's all they know. So we really are looking for kids who can be natural, be themselves, and bring their unique personality into the room. Suzanne from Beverly Hills sent in a question asking, how many submissions do you get per role? And what do you look for that makes an actor stand out? Okay, well, first off, it varies based on the project. So depending on if it's a movie, a a lead, supporting, if it's a series regular I, it always changes. So there's no set number of how many submissions you get. When we did Hannah Montana, we got, we read over 1200 girls from the role that Miley ended up getting. So we read over 12 and that was in the day when there were no such thing as links. 
there was VHS tapes. So <laughs> people had to submit and send us VHS tapes. You know, we read lots of girls and then we'd have to pass these VHS tapes around to executives and producers, remember, so that we saw 1,200 girls from all over the country for that part. Um, so it definitely varies. Now, what, what stands out? Look, it's really the first thing we look at when we um, see you is your picture online, right? You get submitted or if we are sending out a search, it's about your picture first. So you got to make sure your picture really looks like you. And it also, we're looking for your essence in that picture, you know, as best as possible, a little piece of your personality. So that's the first thing we're looking at which makes us go, oh, she looks good or he looks good for the part. And then that's what makes us click to look at your resume. And even if you don't have a lot of credits, it doesn't matter. You know, for kids especially, it doesn't matter because we're always looking for new kids and discovering new kids. So it's not like you have to have a million credits, but it's important to have training. Training, you know, have you done some classes? Are you doing some theater when there was theater? <laughs> you know, so those are the things I would say. Paul from Santa Monica asks the question I'm with a very small agency. Would I get the opportunity to read for you and Catherine since I'm not with one of the big agencies? Oh, absolutely. We, we don't cast by agency. We, we don't do that. We look at all our submissions and sometimes we get thousands for a role. So we go through all of them. It doesn't matter because you know what? That person could be the diamond in the rough that goes on to be a big star. And we're always looking for those for sure. Lisa, so how has a pandemic changed the casting within your office? And have you adapted to the self tapes and the Zooms and do you like them? So here's the difference. You know, we cast amazingly seven movies last year, even though we had this wild pandemic, we got seven movies that went into production towards, you know, the middle and end of the year. And the good thing was because none of them were going in Los Angeles. So we cast people from all over the United States. And also a couple of them were shooting in Europe. So we got to find actors that were over living over there. So the good thing about it is we could throw a wider net, right? So if a movie was shooting in Nashville, we saw a number of actors from the Southeast. We had one in Columbus, Georgia. We saw actors from the Southeast. We saw actors who we did a movie in New York. So because of that, you know, if it's, let's say it was shooting in LA and we only wanted LA actors, people who lived here, it would be a smaller, you know, pool. So this is a, one of the great things about self tapes is you can see people from all over the place. I mean, we were seeing people from different places and different States all over if it was a movie that wasn't shooting here anyways. But the good thing is we could throw out a wider net um, they were willing to fly people in at that time, you know, from wherever they were. And also we tend to see more people than you do in person. But I will say that I miss being in person because I love to meet actors and chat with them and see their personality. So I look forward to the day when we can go back to in-person auditions. Cindy from Santa Monica asks, what faults do you see in the self-tapes or Zooms that people are doing? 
you know, the main thing is you got to have your setup correct. You know, it's about your lighting and it's about the background and it's about the sound. And, you know, it's up to you to make strong choices and to create that character. You know, it doesn't matter that it's a self tape. You still have to do all the same work as if you were coming in a room. But a lot of things that I see are related to technical issues on uh, self tapes. They're really, I'm going to make a whole video about the crazy self tapes that I've gotten over all my years of casting because people would be super surprised. <laughs> Let's talk about actors being off book on their self tapes and zooms. Do you think it's important? Because we know that they've rehearsed it at least 20 times before they've gone on camera. Yeah, I do. I think you should have a down, you know, have a down for sure, because we can kind of tell we can tell when you're reading it, you know, if you're reading the lines. So even kids, you need to have a down. And, you know, I don't know, just so you know, because I know people have said this in the past about, you know, self tape, you have a lot of opportunity to redo it and redo it. But one thing I would tell actors is to really get good at kind of nailing your audition. If it takes you five times, great. And you pick your two best takes, but you know, you don't want to have to maybe do it 20 times to get it perfected. Because if you had a zoom callback or you came in a room for a callback, you're not going to get 20 times. (laughs) You're going to get two, you know, most of the time, if it's a test or, you know, a chemistry read, or, you know, this lead and they might spend more time working on it with you for sure. But most of the time you get one shot, we give you direction, a producer, director gives you direction and that's it. You, you do it, you take the direction, you process it and you deliver. So my advice on self-taping is to know your lines, make strong choices, be super prepared, um, you know, do it, um, you know, if you need to do it five times, great, you know, if you need to do it a few more, but don't, you shouldn't have to do it 20 times because you know how that goes. You start going, oh, I like a piece of this one. I like a piece of this one. And then you get into the perfectionist mode. Here's a question that I've gotten from seasoned drama actors. I haven't had the opportunity to read for any comedy since I started in my career. How can I get in the door? You know, I think the important thing on that is just to reach out and, you know, tell your agent or manager or reach out to a casting director and say, hey, I would love to read for this role. I can do it. You know, everybody there. I don't like to typecast anybody, you know, because I think actors have a wide range of emotions and attitudes that they can play. So people can be funny. They can be dramatic. The trick on comedy, though, is being able to understand the comedic beats and be able to understand the flips and the reversals and how the timing of comedy is. You know, there's so many amazing shows and movies with comedic time with timing, you know, from friends and Seinfeld and grace, uh, will and grace and all these things. So you got to really understand comedy and how to hit those beats. But, you know, look at some of our amazing actors who did comedy and then went to drama, you know, from people like, you know, look at Steve Carell and he did the office and all these shows. And then he did, the morning show, you know, where he's not a good guy. So I 
feel like actors, if you feel like, oh, I can only do drama, then or maybe you film a scene doing a comedic scene and you send it to your agent or you send it to your uh, manager or a casting director and say, hey, you know, you film a little short scene hitting those something fun that shows your comedic range. That would be another way you could do it. You're extremely active on Instagram and now on Clubhouse. But on Instagram, you have a live show that you do and you bring on actors and you talk about their careers and success. But now you're going to start a podcast. Tell us about it. Um, Yes. So I've started doing these Instagram lives with actors and I've done them with a few agents and I want to do it with some more, you know, producers and directors and all kinds of people because I feel like what it does is it it, I'm educating lots of actors and people out there and inspiring them. And I love to help them. And by interviewing these people, it's kind of, you're telling, you're finding out the successful actions and the things that these actors or uh, I get, I did Catherine Farnsworth, who's a photographer and, you know, she gave great tips on how to get good headshots and agents on what they look for. And so I think it's a great way to give people information that they might not normally get. So I'm going to turn them into a podcast called Live with Lisa. And I will let everybody know when it's out on podcasts. So you guys can all watch, uh, listen to it and give it a great rating and reviews. Um, I'm really excited about it because I know a lot of people like to just listen. You know, they like to just listen to podcasts while they're doing things or driving or whatever. So that's my plan, Steve, to turn my lives into Live with Lisa on a, a podcast. You and I both have been moderators on Clubhouse. Have you felt that you've benefited from it yet? And has there been any opportunities that have come your way? You know, I really like this Clubhouse thing. (laughs) This Clubhouse is so fun. Um, Yeah, you know what? I have really enjoyed it because a lot of actors have reached out to me and DM me on Instagram. And I respond to um, as many of those as I can. Um, And I've met, you know, I have actors who email me and say, here's my stuff. And I say, great. And that way I can keep it on file. But also, you know, I've met, I've heard a few producers and directors talk. And so I reached out to them. (laughs) You know, I reached out to one guy the other day, we had like a 20 minute conversation and he was like, oh yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to work with you. So I feel like it's a really good networking opportunity for everybody. And also I'm learning things. I'm, I'm, it's not just actors and things about actors. I've listened to other things about, you know, how to have a successful podcast and how to make lots of money. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of interesting topics, right, Steve? Absolutely. I've been very fortunate to be invited to be a moderator on some great rooms. One of them was with three development people from ABC, Netflix, and Hulu. And then the next night I was on a panel with the producer of one of my favorite movies, Pretty Woman, with Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. So it's been amazing for me. And then I got an opportunity from the panel that I spoke on. Somebody sent me a project that we're going to end up producing. It is so amazing. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. It's a great way to connect with people. And that's what I've really enjoyed about it. And, you know, there's great, you know, information and the agents and managers that I feel like we're best friends now because I'm always on the same, you know, a lot of the time on the same panel with them. And, you know, it's been really good. And I love that. I love the anything that 
helps people and that we can interact in that way. So that's amazing. And if you get that movie going, maybe I could cast it for you, Steve. (laughs) That would be fun, huh? Exactly. I'd love the opportunity to work with you again. You're amazing. So the big question for School of Hollywood class today is how do you handle fear in an audition? It's a great question, you know, and here's the thing. There's many ways that I think, you know, actors can try to handle this fear, um, you know, being nervous, but, you know, you're going to have to find what works for you, right? I've talked to many actors, successful actors on my Instagram lives about this. And, you know, it's some of them do this breathing technique before they go in, you know, they have different breathing techniques. They do some of them do working out. Some of them go to yoga before some of them listen to music before they, you know, they put in their iPods and they, they listen to music before they go in to their audition or music that inspires them or something that calms them, right? So there's no exact recipe how to handle fear when you go for an audition. But if you could change your mindset, which is really what it's about, and change the mindset out of fear to, you know what, I'm, I got this, I feel confident, I've made strong choices. Um, I'm prepared. You know, it's really about your mindset because if you tell yourself before even a self taping, I'm no good at this or I'm so scared or whatever, that comes through when you're auditioning, it comes through in a self tape, it comes through when you come in a room. So it's really to me about changing your mindset and going, okay. I'm, I got this. And it's having that confidence when you've made your choices and you're really prepared when you audition. And I want to say that if actors could take every opportunity to audition as a chance to act, um, that would also help because you know what, when you put so much um, pressure on yourself. Oh my God, I got to book this job. I haven't booked a job in a long time, or I I just want this job so badly. That sort of desperate feeling comes through and that's going to give you more anxiety and more worry and more fear, right? Instead of, Oh my God, I'm so excited. This is an awesome opportunity for me to act and show people my talent, So that's my advice about how you could overcome it. It's really about your mindset and changing your uh, way you think about that. Back in the days when I was an actor, I had the fear of what to do with my hands in an audition. Do I put them in my pocket? Do I put them on my sides? Do I move them around? What's your suggestion? You know what? I talk with my hands and I like, I talk with my hands a lot. So, um, I, I like to pretend I'm Italian. Um, you know, but I would just say, you know, you gotta not worry about it. You gotta be what's, you know, do what's natural for you. Most of the time, you know, when you're self taping, you're self taping, like right at your chest line to a few inches above your head. So you're not even necessarily going to see your hands. But if you, you know, throw them up there every once in a while because you're making a point, great. But don't worry about it. It's not something, oh, my God. But you definitely don't want to be tense in your body. So you don't want to be stiff, like with your hands just 
right by your side and you don't move because that would create tension in your body and then it wouldn't seem natural. So that's what I would say. Hopefully that I don't, could help. <laughs> you have a book called From Start to Stardom, The Casting Director's Guide for Aspiring Actors. What can people find in the book? You know, I wrote this book because I got asked all the time by actors, by parents, by people who were trying to break their kids in the business or even adults. What do I do? How do I get started? So my book is really the 411 guide about the business of acting, right? And it gives you lots of tools in it and how to get discovered and how to get an agent, a manager, and how to get a great headshot and what do casting directors look for and why some actors get callbacks and some don't. So, and it's detailed steps on how to audition. So that's what the book's about. And I wrote it super user friendly <laughs> so that it would be simple and easy for people to understand. And yeah, I'm very excited about this book. I, 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 it's helped a lot of people and a lot of people have written me, thank you so much. And how much they've gotten out of it and how it's helped them. And they have it by their, they highlighted it and they have it by their, you know, nightstand or every time they take an, do an audition, they open it to go, okay, what did Lisa say? So I love it because it helps a lot of actors and that's what makes me happy. <laughs> I originally read the book when it came out and I got some great insights and things I didn't know. I've passed it on to many, many people since then, both in the United States and also outside of the States. You also do private coaching and group classes. Tell us about those. Yeah, I'm doing, um, I've been teaching for years all around the States and I've even taught uh, in England and Australia, which was amazing. And during, uh, since the pandemic, I started teaching online classes. So I have a class for uh, kids and teens and then I have a class for um, young, uh, older teens and adults. And then I have an adult class. So I teach three classes a month and it's been amazing. And I've met actors from all over the place, all over the world. And it's so fun. I just love it. And you know what? It's not only that I'm helping them, but they're helping me because we're all creating together. And, you know, I'm get, we talk about auditioning and we do scenes and we do improv and it's been a really great experience and I love it. And a lot of actors have gotten a lot out of it. So, and I, you know, I have a lot of information to impart for being a casting director for as long as I have been, which I love and I'm really enjoying it. So. Lisa, you have amazing affinity for the actors that you work with and your communication skills with them are wonderful, especially the young kids. They love to talk about how great you are. I have a question from Melena in Hollywood. How do I become a casting assistant? You know, that's a great question. And I would say if you're interested in becoming a casting assistant, the best way to do it is to reach out to casting directors and tell them that you really want to work in casting and be an assistant. Um, also, you can go to the CSA website and put your resume up there because when casting directors are looking for assistance, that's a lot of times where we'll go to look for a casting assistant. That's the Casting Society of America. And also, you have to be really 
really knowledgeable about actors. So the thing is, do you watch a lot of television shows? Do you see a lot of movies? When we used to go to theater, I used to go to so much theater and live shows. And I was always looking for new talent, funny talent, stand-ups. I did all kinds of things. I cast people. I gave people their first jobs from seeing them in theater when we could go to theater. And when that comes back, do that. So it's really having a good and a wide base and knowledge about actors. That's part of being a casting assistant too. But reach out, reach out to casting directors. Question that I've heard from quite a few actors over the years is what is the difference between a casting director, a casting associate, and a casting assistant? Well, the difference basically is like cast a casting director is the main a person on the project, right? And then a casting associate would be under them, but they do a lot of the same things. You know, they do the lists and they can read actors and um, they can run a session with producers and directors and with the casting director. So an associate is um, like one step away from being a casting director, I would say. And there it's it's great when you're doing a, a television series or whatever, whenever you want a casting associate on a project, the thing about that is they can really take a lot of, if let's say you're doing multiple projects, they can like be running one project or helping you with all of your projects, you know, with the ideas and, um, you know, handling a lot of the traffic that we handle on a daily basis. Lisa, where can people find you on Instagram and Clubhouse? Um, Okay. Instagram, I'm at Lisa London casting. So my Instagram is at Lisa London casting and my clubhouse is at L London casting because you couldn't fit the whole name. (laughs) Don't ask me why. So that's how it is. And then you can also find me. I have a website, a London Stroud casting and from start to stardom.com. So both of those are my websites too. Lisa, you've been an amazing guest today and you've been an amazing friend over the years. And, and I want to thank you for every one of the actors that you have brought in that have been my clients. And I can't wait to hear your new podcast. Thank you so much, Steve. And thanks for uh, having me today. This was awesome. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Fear in School of Hollywood. I hope you take a moment and subscribe to the podcast, share it on your social media. And if you liked it, please tell other actors, singers, and entertainment people about it. School of Hollywood is for you. I'm Steve Owens and wishing you nothing but success in Hollywood.